From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Demer. Today is our week in review, and we have to talk about Eth's price. That's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, September 16th, 2022. If you are in the Midwest... It is getting colder. I woke up this morning. It was 60 degrees. The high for yesterday was like 72. Winter is coming. <laughs> I really hate winter. I just hate it so much. Woke up this morning, 6 o'clock, 6.30, 6.45. Sun is still not up. Really, really depressing. What's not depressing is I got an email from a listener yesterday. Pablo says, hey, Matthew, hope you're doing well. Still waiting for interviews, though. Okay, wait, I'm going to stop there and just say, I'm like one of the only podcasts in the crypto space that doesn't do interviews. I'm just like literally analyzing stuff. I'm not getting people on the way, showing their projects. I'm just telling you the daily news and we still want interviews. <laughs> anyway, these podcasts are short. They're to the point. They tell you concise daily news. If we have interviews, there's gonna be people just waffling on all the time. The only person that's gonna waffle on on this show is me, damn it. Anyway, I think after the new year, I will start to have more interviews on. I don't know if it's gonna be on this show or another show, but stay with me. Anyway, still listening to you, and thanks for the good job. All right, thank you, Pablo, for bringing that back. Regarding the questions of why proof-of-work is more decentralized than proof-of-stake, even though 70% of proof-of-work hash rate is controlled by only four pools, and considering that the ETH transactions were decided by the pool MEV, Mining Extractive Value, I read a discussion on Twitter. The main argument to say that proof-of-work is more decentralized is that you can change your pool anytime and that the pool is not custodial. Now, comparing that to proof of stake, where the centralized exchanges is custodial of your coins. I think that's a very valid point in principles, of course. But in practice, in my honest opinion, nobody can stop a couple of pools working together to attack the network. I mean, when you're the miner, you can turn on the rig and you don't care. You just trust blindly the pool and you don't know if they're proposing incorrect blocks. I believe we'll see issues with proof of stake soon if there are any. You know, that's very interesting. It's a very good way to look at proof of stake compared to like any other mining pools because that was a question that we had on the show. Why is Bitcoin and proof of work mining pools different than proof of stake mining pools? And it's the custody of your assets. I mean, if you had a mining rig in your basement and you're joining a pool, your hash power is still in your basement. You can do whatever you want with it. It's still in your basement. But your coins are on Coinbase, Binance. Pablo, he had another point he wanted to get across too. And he said this. Also, regarding the electricity consumption tweet that you dropped yesterday that of 0.5% of all electricity is being saved because of proof of stake F, do you have any math on that? Now, he goes through all kinds of calculations and stuff like that, but it looks as though that F only represents only about 0.07% on its peak, and regular days is about 0.06%. So that means that this person who tweeted yesterday that said that they just saved the world 0.5% of energy consumption exaggerated their savings of electricity or energy by nine to one. And thank you, Pablo, for doing the math. Um, it looks as though they didn't maybe make a mistake if your math is correct. 
And, you know, maybe they just misquoted. Maybe it was purposeful. Maybe they just, I don't know, maybe just weren't thinking that clearly. But still, 0.6%, we'll call F's proof of work, energy consumption is 0.6%. Well, they saved that much. But Pablo continued to say, the energy discussion is stupid and marginal. And he disagrees with the energy narrative in proof of work. It is out of context. Thank you for reading this long email, Pablo. And I also agree with you. Look, I always said, and I've been very consistent, that it is just kind of like, you're really just trying to make an argument. But if you compare it to a lot of different things, like, for example, air conditioning uses like 13 to 18% of all energy consumed air conditioning. And this is, of course, heating and cooling. But that's a lot. And obviously, we're not going to argue about that. Gaming uses half the amount of Bitcoin. Gaming, playing Xbox or, you know, your PC, just gaming online. Half of the energy that Bitcoin uses, and that was at its peak. Right now, it's probably closer to maybe like 75% of Bitcoin's total energy consumption. Nobody's saying, hey, we got to ban gaming. I don't know. I kind of feel like the same thing that you're thinking. It's just out of context. It's kind of like, you know, just cherry picking different, I guess, industries and saying, hey, they use this much energy, so therefore they're the problem. When basically it's just how energy is created in general. And so, I don't know. I agree with you, Pablo. Thank you for writing in. Anyway, let's get into those crypto prices. And I'm recording this at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $19,754. It's down 1.8% in 24. Ethereum is plummeting. It's at $1,461, down 8% in 24, 15% in 7. Tether's number 3, USDC's number 4, and Binance's number 5 at 274, down 0.2%. Eh, it's pretty much even from yesterday. Rounding off the top 10, we have BUSD, XRP, Cardano, Solana, and Doze. Total market cap is down 2.9%. We're at $960.3 billion. Our BTC dominance is at 39.4, and our F dominance has plummeted to 18.6. Yikes. Trust me, there's going to be some Ethereum news today. Let's review some news this week. So let's hear. Let's go back to Monday. On Monday, we learned India's Enforcement Directorate, or the ED, and again, I would say that's unfortunate acronyms. They have unfrozen accounts of the crypto exchange, Razir X. Remember, the Razir X locked people's funds. They're under investigation for being a conduit of money laundering. Uh, CZ Zhao said, I didn't buy Razir X. Razir X says, yeah, you did. Looking back at history, it looks as though he said that he acquired Razir X, and now he said he didn't. And now that everything seems to be shaping up for YZRX because it looks as though they were acting ethically by suspending and banning accounts that were linked to money laundering and fraud. Um, I wonder if CZ is going to come back and say, actually, no, 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 I own you. <laughs> also on Monday, in a prospectus filed with the SEC, MicroStrategy said that the firm has entered an agreement with investment bank Cohen & Company to sell up to $500 million in shares of its Class A common stock. They said... We may use the net proceeds from this offering to purchase additional Bitcoin. And some of my favorite news in a long time, Merriam-Webster's dictionary, they added the words altcoin and metaverse to the dictionary, plus around 370 other terms that weren't there before, like dumb phone. Interesting, huh? Moving into Tuesday... We had a prediction from Bank of America saying that the Ethereum merge could drive up institutional adoption. They wrote this. 
the significant reduction in energy consumption post-merge may enable some institutional investors to purchase the token that were previously prohibited from purchasing tokens that run on blockchains leveraging proof-of-work consensus mechanisms. Basically saying that companies were probably telling uh, investors, bankers, traders, whatever, parts of their bank, uh, we don't want to get involved with proof of work because then we're going to have bad PR. We were saying like you're destroying the environment and stuff like that. So uh, we're not going to let you buy this stuff. But now with the switch to Ethereum, Bank of America says it might be a green light, right? So maybe a Bank of America is going to ape into some Ethereum. Abra, financial services company and crypto trading firm announced the launch of three new products. Abra Bank, Abra International, and Abra Boost. Abra Bank will be a U.S. chartered bank that's expected to offer crypto on and off ramps to fiat with Abra International offering the same thing but to clients living outside the United States. The third product, Abra Boost, will be offering instant bearing deposits for cryptocurrencies. We've heard this before, haven't we? And now here's where the I guess the numbers get kind of fuzzy because customers can take out Bitcoin and Ethereum loans with 0% interest. Clients can access 10% of their holdings for free while still getting the benefit of any upside price movement of these holdings. So they're allowed to take out 10% of their holdings but still get upside price movement on it. And they said for free. So 90% of the holdings are kind of locked away unless they pay a fee. I don't understand like anything about their business model. We'll figure this out sooner or later. But that was Tuesday. Also on Tuesday, Fidelity, which manages over 34.4 million retail accounts and is one of the world's biggest fund managers, is evaluating whether to offer Bitcoin to its individual investors. Fidelity is also the largest provider of 401k savings accounts, and they would launch products that allows workers to save 20% of the retirement funds in Bitcoin. Crypto exchange Huobi delisted seven privacy coins. Those coins, Dash, Decred, Firo, Monero, Verge, Zcash, and Horizon. They stopped trading of these coins and soon will delist. So I would very much recommend you withdraw those to other exchanges or to your wallet. And finally, on Tuesday, we heard that Hitboy. Hitboy is a well-known hip-hop producer and a three-time Grammy winner who has produced hit singles for artists like Beyonce, Kanye West, Rihanna, and Jay-Z. Well, he is now going to be one of the executive producers and songwriters behind the Bored Ape Yacht Club band. There's a band with Bored Apes, and they're going to be dropping hits produced by Hitboy. Moving to Wednesday. Well, Wednesday, we took a giant hit in the market because everybody thought that the inflation rate, you know, matched to the CPI or the Consumer Price Index would be around 8.1% compared to August of last year. But instead, it was 8.3%. And, well, people freaked out. They sold everything. Everything went down. NASDAQ, Dow, crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum. And everybody's speculating, assuming that we'll see another 75 basis points rate hike from the Fed later this month. Also on Wednesday, we learned that a Seoul court, we're talking about Seoul, Korea, issued an arrest warrant for Do Kwan, the CEO and founder of Terraform Labs. As you remember, uh, UST, Terra Luna stablecoin, didn't do so well. It wasn't so stable. Now, was it? And it wiped out around $40 billion in the crypto markets and basically started the dominoes falling for the collapse of just about everything. Also, there's a class action lawsuit in the U.S. District Court in Northern California, also brought against Quan and Terraform Labs. 
Yesterday, we know what the news was. I don't think there's much news besides that yesterday. Ethereum merged to proof of stake. This happened at 2.45 a.m. Eastern Daylight Saving Times. The Ethereum network successfully transitioned with no hiccups from proof of work to proof of stake. An historic feat anticipated by the crypto community for over five years. It's the biggest news in the last five years. Actually, it is pretty big. And how do we feel? Has the world changed today? On Wednesday, the world was one way. On Thursday, the world was another way. It changed the world. What do you think? Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Really don't know the question there, but you can write me anyway. And finally, going into today's news, Friday. The White House released a comprehensive framework for crypto regulation and development. The framework greenlights regulators like the Security and Exchange Commission, or the SEC, or the CFTC, or the Commodities and Futures Traded Commission, to continue coordinating efforts to enforce laws in the industry and to share that data on consumer complaints in the space. The U.S. Treasury Department will take an active role in working with the financial institutions to help identify and mitigate cyber risk through data sharing and analysis. It is also tasked with working with regulators to ensure crypto firms have regulatory guidance. The Treasury will extend its role to U.S. allies through international organizations like the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development and the Financial Stability Board. Today we learn that the president of El Salvador, Nayib Bukele, will seek re-election after his term ends in 2024. As we heard earlier in the show, Ethereum shed more than 14% of its value tumbling from 1740 down to under 1400 bucks. So sad. Well, that's because 80% of liquidations were long positions on bullish crypto traders. I personally thought we were going to get higher than 1740. I am one of those people that would have been long. <laughs> I'm still hodling Ethereum, but uh, I'm still bullish and long on, on, on Ethereum. It's just not going to get no all-time highs anytime soon, in my opinion. And that wiped out $103 million from those positions. By the way, daily trading volumes are down 19.1% or $20 billion. However, I will say that the old buy the rumors, sell the news is going to stand because every, every time after the news or something comes out or happens, the price falls. People are aping in, trying to you know make some gains, and then right after the merge happened, people are just selling off. They're like, oh, okay, that was over, and I think we're just going to have more selling as time goes on. SEC Chairman Gary Ginsler said that proof-of-stake cryptocurrencies could be securities. And he's kind of referring to Ethereum and its switch to proof-of-stake. If what Gary Ginsler is saying is correct, Ethereum's historic move can mean that the asset could now be potentially labeled as an investment contract and therefore subject to security laws. Ginsler has previously refused to comment on Ethereum, but it specifically said that he believes Bitcoin is not a security. The SEC chairman did not specifically mention Ethereum or any other coin when commenting on proof-of-stake coins. However, it was coincidence that was right after the merge, huh? I know what you're thinking. You are thinking about this. You were up all night worried about F proof-of-work or the FW fork. Did it happen? Well, it did. The network went live Thursday afternoon. However, shortly after the F proof-of-work mainnet debuted, users began experiencing issues accessing the network. It quickly became clear that part of the issue was that the F proof of work has chosen a chain ID that already was in use. This chain ID was in use by Bitcoin Cash Testnet. 
seems like a pretty working mistake for somebody who's trying to make a cryptocurrency blockchain fork of Ethereum. But, you know, I don't know anything about this, so maybe it wasn't a rookie mistake. As proof of work surged around 70% to $60 per coin earlier this week and in anticipation of this launch and anticipation of this fork. However, since the network went live yesterday, it's down 55% in 24 hours. It's trading at $13 right now. And finally, Black Swan author Nassim Talib says Bitcoin is a tumor and suggests that Bitcoin could go to $1,000 or zero if the markets worsen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, the markets could get bad. A lot of things could go down a lot more. Do I think that Bitcoin's going to hit $1,000? Well, I can tell you one thing. If it does hit $1,000, I'm going to be scooping Bitcoin up. And I hope you're holding cash because you should be scooping Bitcoin up too. If it drops below 10000 start buying. I mean, wait, wait, this is not financial advice. I'm just saying, please go to $1,000. Please, Bitcoin, go to $1,000. Actually, screw it. Go to $10. I'll buy it up. I will buy it up. Um, another question is, why does Nassim Talib, he, he like wrote one book, The Black Swan, right? He wrote another book, I think, too. But it was like The Black Swan that got him famous. I read it. Good book. Yes, it was a thing. Um, but what makes him the expert in everything now? It's like this whole like cultural thing. It's like you write a book that's popular. Next, no, next thing you know, you're an expert on everything. And you're on the news talking about just about everything. I, I don't get it. Anyway, thanks Nassim Talib for saying that Bitcoin could go lower. It also could go higher. You know what? That's what guessing is. That's what guessing is. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Decrypt Daily. I hope you have a great weekend. And until Monday, happy hodling, everyone.